Hi everyone, so I hope you are well. Today we are joined by Mitsubishi Chemical, formerly known as Lutite International. So Mitsubishi Chemical is one of the world's largest chemical producers, supplying a wide range of sectors from automotive and electronics to medical and sport. They've been advertising on Gradcracker for um, the last seven years, meaning that they're part of the Gradcracker five-year club. I mentioned previously that Lucite International has, come, has just rebranded as Mitsubishi Chemical, um, and we have completely overhauled their hub on Gradcracker with lots of new imagery and content, including pages on work-life balance, sustainability, diversity and inclusion, and much more. So make sure you go and take a look. Mitsubishi Chemical is also sponsoring the Gradcracker Toolkit this year, which is really exciting. And for those of you who don't already know, which you should do, but if you don't, the Gradcracker Toolkit is full of advice about the industry sectors which you as STEM students can go into. The new, new toolkit will be available on campus in the autumn and on Gradcracker as an ebook and audiobook towards the end of the summer. So watch out for that. So let's find out a little bit more and meet the panel. So firstly, I'm really excited to introduce you to Anna. So Anna is a re European recruiter at Mitsubishi Chemical. Can you give us, so welcome Anna, thanks for joining us Hello. today. Hello, thank you for having us. Our pleasure. So could you give us a bit of an overview to who Mitsubishi Chemical is to start off with? Right. Yes, so as you mentioned, we're one of the largest chemical companies in the world um, and we're quite a complex company. Um, so we've decided really to build brand ourselves and, and come together. Um, there are so many group companies within Mitsubishi Chemical and we just wanted to be known as one company. Yeah. We think we're stronger together. We can, you know, pull, um, share our knowledge. So just really rely on each other. And um, we think we have a stronger market presence if we're together. And if you think about UK, so we have four operational businesses here. And one of them is the Metacrylates, which is probably our big, biggest operation. So um, it's the place where we produce uh, Metacrylate. And this is a building block for acrylics. We also have a Sornal business. Um, we also have Electrolyte and specialty um, resins and um, polymers side. So altogether, that's the Mitsubishi Chemical in the UK. Of course, we are part of the global business, so we also have um, operations in many European countries and, and we produce so many different chemicals. It will probably take me a long time to talk about it. <laughs> and I don't want, to, don't want to take too much of your time, but it, we are everywhere. So literally, if you walk into every room, into your house, you will see our products uh, in there. It's a, you know, it's a packaging, it could be a TV screen, a baby bottle. So we will see our products and applications everywhere. Thank you, Anna. And I think when the grads speak a little bit later on, we'll go into more detail about what you do as a business and obviously the projects that the grads are involved in as well. So we'll definitely give you some hands-on experience to who you are and what you do. Um, so I mentioned at the beginning, Anna, that you are the European recruiter. So thinking about the audience now, students today, are the graduates um, able to go and travel and go into the other European um, parts of Mitsubishi Chemical? That is true, but that's a special program. It's our European vacancy. Um, it's a commercial graduate program, um, a rotational program. So you might be based in different countries. Oh, um, yeah, um, so we will be advertising for that role probably sometime in summer. Yeah. Um, most of our roles are based in UK though. And, and then you can be um, present in different sites. So you will have some rotation, but that would be in um, Northeast area. Yeah. 
Fantastic. So you mentioned that your commercial program will be opening in the summer. Yeah. Um, and then have you got any plans to open any more opportunities on Grad Cracker over the autumn? Or is it just the, the one program that we're looking at this year? We're still looking at our needs and our budgets. Um, but we will probably need two um, chemical engineering um, student placements. So um, mm. we might advertise towards the end of the year. There might be some other roles, but I cannot tell you yet. But we're still looking into our needs. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Anna. So just to note to everybody out there, make sure you go and follow them on Gradcracker today and then you'll be alerted to when they open their opportunities by a push notification on the Gradcracker app and also by email as well. So thanks, Anna. We'll speak to you a little bit later on about the recruitment processes. Um, but for now, what I'd like to do is meet the graduates. So, Tom, I'm going to start with you. Could you introduce yourself to the panel? Uh, sorry, not to the panel. We know who you are. To the audience, where you went to university and what did you study? Yeah, thanks, Carla. Um, so, as Carla says, I'm Tom. I went to the University of Liverpool and I studied a master's in mechanical engineering. And why did you choose to um, apply to Mitsubishi Chemical? Um, it stood out to me on Gradcracker as one of the sort of the larger companies on there. I liked where it was based and it sounded quite interested what the job was itself. Um, so yeah, it just sort of stood out above the rest, to be honest. Perfect. And we're going to find out a little bit more what, more what Tom does um, later on in the webinar. Um, but for now, Grace, over to you, my love. So where did you go to uni? What did you study? And why did you choose to apply? Uh, yeah, so I'm Grace. Uh, I graduated from Newcastle in 2019 as a chemical engineer, um, and I work at our research and development site. Um, I suppose the, the biggest thing that stood out to me about Lucite was that there would be opportunities to take uh, to take part in sort of every stage of uh, a process design. So we do a lot of experimental work, we do the design, then we have the production sites as well. So I knew I'd get lots of opportunities to try a, a broad range of things and sort of figure out where it is that I wanted to work. Yeah. And you are you all based at the same oops, sorry, just catching up. Are you all based in the same um in the same place? Uh, no, we're all in the, the northeast. I think I'm the only one who works at the R and D site. I think everyone else works at the castle site, which is the, the big production site. Perfect. And did you choose to choose to work at the R and D site? Is that is that a choice that you made away from the actual, you know, the manufacturing site? Uh, no, so when you, they, they send you where the work is really, so yeah. as part of the graduate program, you will get the opportunity to uh, to do different placements, so I will be going to the castle site, uh, so probably sometime next year, um, but no, it's it depends on essentially where they have work for you to do. Fantastic. Okay, thanks very much, Grace, and we're going to go on to Kyle now, so same question, Kyle, where did you, went to where did you go to university, what did you study, and why choose to apply? Mm -hmm. Yep, thanks Carla. Uh, hi everybody, my name is Kyle Malm. Um, I'm a graduate chemical engineer at the Castle site for Mitsubishi Chemical. Um, similarly to Ben and Tom, I started in the company last August uh, and that's just after graduating from the University of Edinburgh after a very long five-year slug. Um, why I applied for Mitsubishi Chemical or Lucite as we were formerly known, um, Whenever I was looking through Gradcracker, obviously you have to filter through so many different jobs whenever you're applying, but Mitsubishi really stood out really just because of the level of detail. Um, it said specifically exactly what you're going to be doing in your role, where you were going to be, how much you were getting paid, everything. Um, so it was really that level of transparency 
uh, yeah. attracted me. Um, yeah, I'm happy I did a play. So every every time you speak, Carl, Ben smiles. I'm his idol. He wishes. <laughs> I love that. Um, so you mentioned five years slog at university, Kyle. What? Why was it a slog? You know what? So you studied? Did you study for four years and then a placement? Just go through that with us. Um, so Scottish universities, whenever you, well, I should have known this before I actually went up there. Uh, it's five years for a STEM subject master's. So it was just five long years um, in university, no placements or anything. Um, yeah. done, a, done a couple of summer placements, but no, mostly in the classroom, unfortunately. Okay. So you, you definitely enjoyed your time there then. Beautiful city. Um <laughs> But I'm lovely happy campus that, at Edinburgh as well. Oh, it's lovely. It's beautiful. But I'm, yeah. I'm definitely glad to be down in a sunny side now, anyway. Oh, yeah. You need to be down with us northerners, love. Exactly. Um, so, <laughs> thanks very much, Jack. Sorry, Jess. Oh, no. I'm just saying it's all good. Oh, okay. I thought you went to speak. And now, Ben, smiley Ben, last but not least, same question. Hello. So my name is Ben and I um, I study at the chem- chemical engineering at the University of Leeds, but I haven't finished quite yet. So I'm between my third and fourth years of study and I'm here on placement. Um, the reasons I applied for MCUK or Lucite was basically as a placement engineering student, you want to get as much exposure to like the industry as possible. And like, especially with learning about like the site overhauls which I'm sure we'll cover later you get to see a lot of stuff on site you're out and out there in the field doing the work and seeing things in person that's that's really what you want to link what you've learned at uni to applying it to your future job so yeah that's what really stood out to me when I applied and what so what is the plan then so you're going to go back to university for two years uh, for one year so I've done three years so I've got my bachelor's come back come here for my placement year and then I'm going back for one more year to do my master's degree so and then and then more work waiting for me (laughs) and then how does that work then so do you think you'll have a position there for you after you've done your placement at Mitsubishi or what well that's the hope that's the aim of this year is to hopefully gain that in that role but if not then it's it's wherever life takes me really but yeah I've just got to go back get my master's and then I want to move on into the grad role similar to what Kyle and Thomas are doing so yeah and, and from our audience, um, I know Jess speaks to the students every single day, but just from, from your point of view, why is it so important for a student to, to think about going on a placement? You know, there'll be lots of students watching, thinking, oh, should I do a summer placement or a year-long placement or should I not? Why would you suggest that they did um, carry out a placement? I suppose, like, you learn a lot. You, you learn your technical aspects of, of, of stuff, but it's you only start to really learn about the job itself when you go into industry. I can know that from experience. I learned so much in the first few months compared to like the three years at uni. It's not like just to my uni, but like, it's just like, it's applying what you've learned there and coming into the, into the industry and like kind of adding that kind of common sense approach to like engineering problems and things like that. So yeah, I, I would fully recommend doing a place. It is daunting at first because obviously you're starting bottom of the pile, but there's, there's there's nothing to lose and there's so much to gain so yeah I'd fully recommend it. Ben question did you have any work experience before you applied for this role so any kind of work experience whether it be relevant or not? Nothing relevant to engineering I had I applied for lots of things I applied basically every summer for summer placement and then the aim is always to do a year-long placement between third and fourth year and yeah. hopefully and thankfully this this dropped out but yeah no no prior engineering experience so it was genuinely like 
being dropped in at the deep end with this role. So yeah, and the reason yeah. why I ask, I think sometimes when I speak to students in the past, you know, they're worried that the CV does might not necessarily look great, you know, at this kind of early stage of their career. Have they got, you know, good examples of, um, you know, work in industry and things like that? And you, you probably haven't. So to bear that in mind, I think, right, well, what else can I fill my CV up with? Um, it's a good point, you know, Anna, you're looking at candidates, you know, for their personal skills, looking at them for what they've learned at university, personal traits as well, obviously is a big thing. But I think sometimes students are a bit nervous out there thinking, oh gosh, do I need to know everything before I jump into this placement? And, you know, I'm expected to know everything. So yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah I was thinking like, I guess elaborating on that, it's, it's if you don't have the experience like I didn't, Another thing I can recommend is just try and extract from previous jobs, whether it be working in a pub, working, I don't yeah. know, in a shop or something. You've got to find those transferable skills of I can do this in a team and I can like work on a task independently. I can work as part of a group or lead a group. Yeah. You've got to extract them skills and obviously showcase them to your potential employers. Definitely. Yeah, I think as well, something that we really stood out from the webinar that we heard last week, it's how you um, respond personally to situations as well. So last week we were talking about like social situations. How would, um, how do your friends look to you and what to look to you towards? So if it's like, if you're a friend who's a good leader, for example, and I think all of these things that you can include on your application and all of these things is what Anna is, is looking for. Um, so yeah, thanks very much um, guys for, for the introduction. Um, what I'm going to do now, and I know, um, Kyle, you, you touched upon this before, but when you were researching and applying for opportunities um, on Gradcracker, what made the hub on Gradcracker stand out more? So what were the areas that you thought, I'm going to research that? I'm just thinking from our audience's point of view, give them some hints and tips of the areas that you really found the most useful. Um, so, Grace, I'm going to come to you for this one. Yeah, I think the thing that, that helped me with the most was it just laid out so clearly so you could get a really good overview um, of what the company was all in one place. And then obviously it doesn't have all of the information about the entire company on the Greg Greg, but then it, it provided enough of a, a launching point as yeah. opposed for me wanting to go, okay, I want to know more about uh, mm -hmm. this company. And then obviously I applied for a lot of other jobs and placements, et cetera. It was all there in the one place. Yeah. So I could track what I had applied for, what I hadn't, et cetera. So I just think that having everything there easily accessible. Yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? All of these employers, I mean, we've got over 300 employers that all you know, want to advertise on Gradcracker and all of their websites are completely different. Um, so having everything in, in a, a nice, orderly fashion yeah. on Gradcracker means that, you know, the students and the, the graduates can find the information easily. Um, so, th yeah, thanks for that, Grace. And I'm going to go on to now to Kyle to ask you the, the, a similar question. Um, yep. So sort of, as I mentioned initially, yeah. the, the transparency is the main thing that attracted me. And I think Grace just kind of touched on that there. Mm -hmm. um, and then additionally, there is quite a lot of good content on there, apart from maybe, you know, there is obviously the job specific things, but the things around the companies, I know for our company, um, I see my manager on there, but there's old profiles and things of people that work there. Uh, so it gives you a bit of an insight into that as well. Um, and sort of their day-to-day -day role from from a personal perspective. So not really what, what PR sort of spits out, but yeah. what people actually work in there, do on their day-to-day -day basis. Um, so that was quite helpful. Yeah, and I think this, this webinar as well, Kyle, is going to be 
quite similar. So students and graduates who um, wanting to apply to Mitsubishi Chemical, they, they want it from the, you know, the horse's mouth, as it were. They want to hear from, from the grads and the students and they want to hear your snippets. And so as I always mention every single week, the snippets will be um, on the on the hub on Gradcracker that you as students can go back and, and re-watch um, and really get it straight from, from the mouths of the, the, the place. Obviously, Ben, who's on a placement and the grads here as well. Um, ben and Tom, is there anything that you wanted to add to that or have you, have you kind of covered off all the points? I'd just sort of elaborate on what Kyle said there about the, the personal testimonies on the page are really helpful. They, they are years old now. You're sort of going back to early 2010s, but it still stands. Um, it's useful to see what they were doing day to day. And to be honest, a lot of it's probably still quite similar to what I'm doing day to day now. Mm. So it's useful to sort of understand, especially the mechanical grad, I think. A lot of the details can be geared towards chemical because that's what we do. That's our bread and butter. Um, yeah. But to have those testimonies from the mechanical graduates that have previously been through the system, it's really mm -hmm. useful. And I'd recommend watching them. Yeah, definitely. I'm oh, glad you mentioned that because I always say to students that you two two prong approach. Are you right for that company, and is that company right for you? And I think if you you know spend your time going through those pages and understanding you know what you know what boxes the tick for you and what you can tick for them, it'll it'll definitely help with your applications. So next, I want to go into your current roles. So at Mitsubishi and what the kind of life at Mitsubishi really entails, and what are your teams like? I know we kind of spoke just before this session about kind of remote working and Carl you mentioned you're back in the office full time now so how is everything working so I'm going to come to you first Grace if you could kind of introduce to what life is like for you. Uh, yes yeah, so as I said I'm a chemical engineer working at our research and development site uh, specifically mm -hmm. in uh, new route development uh, so the Wilton site it's a combination of sort of office spaces that we also have labs and we also have a pilot plant um, so working in new route development, all the, the, the stuff I work on tends to be stuff that no one has done before and no one knows if it'll work. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of sort of first principles thinking, a lot of modeling on software or on Excel. Um, yeah. So you got to try and think through the implications and then when all else fails, a lot of educated guessing. Mm -hmm. um, um, so I work closely with the chemists as well. Um, so I also end up doing a lot of uh, odd side jobs as well. So if they need uh, any engineering work doing, if they want to build a rig for an experiment or something, um, I'll design that for them. So it's a lot of sort of small scale work as Brilliant. opposed to sort of the, the, the large scale stuff you would do at a production site. So you're kind of like at the forefront of it all then, coming up with yeah. all the, the, the crazy <laughs> ideas. So could you give an example or is it a bit, you know, a bit top secret, but could you give an uh, example of a project? Uh, like yes. Uh, so the, the main project I'm working on is about the production of uh, 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 our main product, uh, methyl methacrylate, uh, from biological sources. Um, so that there's really uh, two approaches to that. The first is to find um, uh, renewable feedstocks for our existing processes. So for example, if we used ethanol in a process, we would try and find bioethanol. Right. Um, but my main project is to find a completely novel uh, route to MMA through some sort of bio process. So for example, through a fermentation process. Yeah. Um, so obviously we are not a, a, a bioengineering company. It's not what we do. It's, it's not our bread and butter, as they say. So we have a lot of partnerships with other companies and organizations and also with universities as well. Yeah. Um, so we, we sponsor some PhDs, um, particularly at uh, Nottingham. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the part of it that we do is looking at after they've uh, 
uh, presuming that the, the bioprocess part of it is successful, um, how do we take that product that is produced through that fermentation and refine it? How do we extract any useful materials we may want to recycle to reuse again? Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I said, it's a lot of, of modeling and estimating, yeah. <laughs> trying to get this to work. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of drawings, crossing out the drawings, redoing the drawings again. Um, I think the, one of the most interesting parts of it that I've done is working on the design of a, of a pilot scale plant. So we have a pilot plant at Wilton, which was designed for a different process. So I'm trying to figure out how we could pot potentially take this pilot plant and re-engineer it for this new process. So what we would have to take out, what we'd have to put in, how much it would cost. You know, is it cheaper just to, to rip it all out and build a, a new one entirely? So there's really a, 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 a wide range of stuff. So I'm working on sort of every part of a, of a of an engineering design process yeah. within that project. Do you, would you? I haven't really thought about this question before. I want to say it, so but bear with me. <laughs> so, what is kind of like the forefront of your mind all the time when you're doing these new projects? You know, as a business, would you say sustainability is, is a massive thing you've got to consider? Obviously, cost and things like that. But is there something which you know? Because I guess you're you know testing a new stuff all the time and obviously the new legislations that come in all the time stuff is going to change what's at the forefront of your mind that that is kind of a thing that you've got to stick to would you say uh, I think especially for this project given that it is about finding renewable processes it's definitely the sustainability aspect of it uh, we're not at the the point in this design where we would really be thinking about the the detailed safety that much because obviously okay. it, it's not anywhere near being built yet yeah, um, yeah. so i imagine at castle safety is probably more of a concern yeah. that but for us it, the most it's definitely the sustainability um so for example if we were to design this process and it all works wonderfully but it produces more carbon dioxide than an existing process then it's, it's not really worth it yeah um and there is oh, there's always the economic element of it as well yeah, yeah sure of course so someone has to pay to build it yeah. Well, that sounds like the best of both worlds. You, you, you don't have to worry about the boring stuff of it being safe. <laughs> you can do the fun stuff. That's yeah. me. Um, okay, coming to you next, Carl. Same kind of question. Projects, life, team, everything. Let us know what's going on. Um, yep. So I am situated in the castle site. So commercially to Grace, who's over at our research and development in Wilton, um, we're primarily based on the production of methyl methacrylate and a couple of other different chemicals. Um, so basically right off the bat, day one, uh, I was put in as the primary process engineer for two of the plants on site. So we have 12 in total. Um, so my plants produce me uh, methacrylic acid, which is similar to methyl methacrylate. It's a lot of, a lot of big words. Um, yeah, that takes a while to get a hold of. Um, and then I also, yeah, also produced what, what is impact. Sorry, sorry, Cal. So what is that? What, what so is it's, it? ve it's very similar to the methyl methacrylate. So the methyl methacrylate, we basically produce a thing called monomer. Um, and then that gets sent off to our customers. And then they turn it into the plastics as uh, Anna was sort of talking about earlier. So the stuff yeah. that you might see in your TV screens uh, and car headlights and things like that, dental products, mm -hmm. and pretty much everything. 
Um, so the meth acrylic acid is pretty similar to that, but there's a few different uh, niches associated with it. Um, and then the other product that I produce is an impact modifier. So basically something that goes into existing hard hardware plastics that uh, uh, makes them shatterproof essentially. Um, so yeah, from a, from a chemical engineering point of view, it's, it's quite interesting because the two plants are very different. One is continuous, one is batch. Um, and I assume uh, there'll be quite a lot of chemical engineers listening to that. And it, it sort of, it exposes you to a lot of different technologies, um, which is quite nice uh, at my stage of my career. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose in terms of day-to-day -day things, it, it, again, it's very varied. Um, so in the morning, for example, I'll be troubleshooting. So I'll come in have a look at the plants, make sure that they're operating safely. Um, you know, if there's any hiccups, I basically have to go find out what happened, uh, come up with a solution to that um, within the morning. Then I might move on to some projects that I'm working on. Um, and the projects, um, yeah, unfortunately we, or not unfortunately, but we have to focus on the more safe safety aspect of things, the economic aspect of things, um, which is a little bit different than over at Wilton. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then really whatever just shows up in your desk that day, um, you've got different people looking uh, information off you and you're kind of basically just providing the technical support. Yeah. yeah, I smiled earlier right? because you never remember at school when you used to get those plastic rulers and they used to say on them that they were shatterproof. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, <laughs> and I always, I was like, why would that would that be a thing? Yeah, shatterproof. I guess. Um, well, you, I don't know. Sharp, <laughs> sharp edges. Rulers in school. When you get hit over the head, it doesn't shatter. I didn't. I even have plastic rulers. I'm sure my rules are. Are you still wooden? No. So, yeah. Oh, that yeah. Yeah. Oh my That's God. bad, is that, isn't it? Was it wooden um, rulers? Wooden rulers, yeah, Kyle, wooden. <laughs> Ret retro? They used to get slapped on the wrist with us when they didn't really, oh, not that old. Oh <laughs> the chalk on there. <laughs> I apologise, Kyle, that after all the great things you just said then, I was thinking of school and shatterproof rulers. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. It, it's all relevant. Like, it's, um, that's, a, that's the final product, like, so it is all relevant at the end of the day. Yeah. It's funny as well, because I had a look, obviously, did my research before the webinar, had a look Good. at the company yep. hub. But I was actually surprised as well. You don't think, and obviously I know, Anna, you said it, but all these products, you know, like stuff on my desk now, stuff in this room, that you're involved mm -hmm. in, you don't even mm -hmm. think that it's, you know, you're, yeah. you're all involved in it. You kind of always think of the um, the end products, don't you? You know, the household names. So you don't kind of think about the, the bit before that. Um, so interesting. Ben, coming to you next. Yeah. What is life like on placement? What are you doing? On placement. So, I work in the same kind of technical cluster as Kyle. So, the guy who basically sits in Kyle's office is my line manager. So, basically, what Kyle does, if it's like maybe a smaller task that like I could take on as experience or something that I can like take as my own, like run with it and give it legs, he'll, he'll they'll pass it down to me. So it's very similar. It's I come in in the morning, I chat with my my, my manager Sam, and we literally just say like, has anything cropped up overnight? Anything throughout like yesterday? And then yeah. um, we'll just troubleshoot basically. And it's it's kind of like you're troubleshooting alongside that. It's kind of like a development role where like you want to make the plant more safe. <laughs> more efficient things like that that's what i'll get on to later that's like some of those things i work on i get like the little more little tasks of like making making processes safer on, on our plant and things like that just like day-to-day -day yeah. stuff um that's what it's all about that's like, like key aspects of our like it's, plant 
keeping everything safe. Is Kyle your boss then, Ben? No, he's not my boss. He's, he's, <laughs> he's like, so he was like Kyle, me, Kyle. He wants yeah. to be Kyle. Exactly. He, he Kyle's on the same level as my boss. Oh, yeah. He, he wishes. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll say that. You keep thinking that. <laughs> I, thought so that no, I thought that'd wind you all up. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's me, Kyle, and then two others are basically like the monomers technical team. So there's two monomer producing plants. It's like methamatacolate. So my the plant that I work on with my boss is a methamatacolate producing plant, and Kyle's is methylic acid. So it's a little bit different, but quite similar processes. You should have seen how quickly Kyle came off mute then when I said, is it your job? I, I, I had the job, had the job then. <laughs> Jumping for the mic. I was scrambling for the mute button. <laughs> Sorry, Jess. Go on. Um, what is the biggest kind of health and safety concern when you're dealing with these chemicals? What's um, like, what would be the worst, worst kind of case scenario that you're preventing or stopping from happening? Leakages, things like that? We... We are fortunate that we are very on top of our safety. Um, we have quite a lot of nasty stuff on site, um, unfortunately. And that, that's some of the work that we do over at Wilton is producing uh, sort of roots, as Grace was mentioning, not only more sustainable roots, but roots that don't contain sort of the bad chemicals. Uh, we, we have things like cyanides and sulfuric acid and things like that. But... Fortunately, whenever you have stuff like that, you get to pay a lot more attention to it. Um, we invest a lot of money to keep the stuff in the pipes uh, yeah. and make sure that we monitor everything correctly. Um, and that's our primary primary role is the safety aspect of things, which is it's quite refreshing. And yeah, it is quite daunting at first, but you realize after a while how much attention is paid to it. Yeah, I bet. Interesting. Um, Tom, I'm going to come to you next. Same same as the above. What's life like for you? Yeah, so I, I work at the castle site with the lads, but obviously I'm a mechanical engineer instead. Yep. Um, so whereas they will be looking at the process sort of conditions, uh, what could be causing issues there, I'll look at essentially our assets, our machinery, our yep. pipes, things like that, uh, make sure they're operating safely. And then yep. when we get these big ideas coming from the process team, about operating plants and things like that, the mechanical team will get involved and see how we can sort of practically do it a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I work on the Sinai plant. I'm one of the downstream plants of that, which is ACH. So obviously, as Kyle mentioned there, it's, it's horrible stuff. It's dangerous. Mm. Um, big emphasis on safety, about preventing leaks and about getting product out the door at the end of the day. Um, so do you work with it. transport as well then, Tom? Or is it just holding... The, the chemicals at the plant at that point or do you help with the transportation of it we'll just handle the there's transportation around the site external well our end product on my plant goes elsewhere on the site it goes to sort of Kyle and Ben's plants mm-hmm. um transportation out the door that's a different concern um right but we do have we sort of have miles and miles of pipe around site which comes under the mechanical jurisdiction of basically mm-hmm. ensuring its integrity uh reliability and the likes yeah. What are the pipes made of that hold those horrible chemicals? There's, there's various things. Most of ours are just sort of carbon steel. It's You get the sort of more exotic materials on, on your dangerous chemicals, like your, not to bore you, but the likes of your Manel and your PTFE line pipework. Um, so you get quite expensive. We've got a big project in just outside of my window. We've got an acid running across the site. And the line on that's currently PTFE line, but that's getting replaced with this Manel that I've mentioned. Um, Can I have a look? Open blind. Let's have a look. (laughs) 
<laughs> won't be able to see it off there. Is it raining? It oh, is raining. Right. Oh, wow. not, not the best view from the office, but... <laughs> can, I, can I ask a question, Tom? You, you mentioned about the site and the plant. How, how big is this place? You know, what we're talking, you know, you mentioned like miles and miles of pipeline mm. and things like that. What's, what's, what do you call it? Square footage, meterage? What, you know, so I think how, you'd be into square, square miles here, wouldn't you? Um, it's, a, it's a big site, I think, from one end of the site to the other. You're probably looking at near enough a kilometre, if not a mile. Um, but then it's more about, we're quite condensed here. So each plant's on several levels. We've mm-hmm. got a huge amount of equipment. And the plants, most of them have been in for sort of 50, 60 years. So mm-hmm. we're just building and building on top of it, constantly looking to make more. So it's it's big and it's growing. Yeah, big place. Cool. Interesting. Um, so Anna, I'm going to come back to you um, and just find out a little more about what you're looking for um, in a great candidate and also to give the audience an idea of what they can expect in the application process for 2020. So Anna, yeah, please, can you tell us a bit about that? Sure. So um, we're not sure yet if we're going to do an assessment centre virtually or um, face-to-face. Obviously, last year was a bit different with covid um, we had to do it um, virtually. Um, so we hope we will be in better situation by the time we advertise and, and we will be able to meet everyone. So normally it's a, it's a two-day um, assessment center, takes two days. Um, there's an overnight stay uh, with a meal. It's quite nice, you're meeting other people. Um, but we don't know yet. So we'll see how it's going, going to look uh, like. Definitely it starts, the whole process starts with you guys. So we advertise all positions on, on Gradcracker. Um, and also on our careers website. So um, once those applications arrive, we look at them, we pre-screen those candidates, um, select couple. Now it could be, you know, depends really um, how many people are looking for, how many have applied, but we um, select a certain number of of candidates and we um, ask them to complete um, either a phone interview or recorded video interview. That's something we started last year. Okay. yeah, so will be a few questions they, they uh, candidates can um, answer. Um, then we will probably take a um, few of the candidates through um, testing. So there will be a psychometric testing. And um, following that, uh, we'll, we'll take um, our finalists through the assessment center. So we're going to see how it's going to look this year, hopefully again, face to face. Now, when we, when we think about, you know, ideal candidate, obviously, um, it's hard to say it on paper, but um, if, if you have any good grades, that always stands out. Um, majority of um, graduates and students look quite the same though, so they have good grades. So you might think how you want to distinguish yourself from others. So obviously any extracurricular activity, anything, any voluntary experience, any extra responsibility, any achievements, just put them on your CV. Um, we're looking for future leaders, really. So um, anything like that, always uh, it's always good to have. Um, so we want to progress our graduates through a um, couple of years and move them into more senior positions. And hopefully they want to stay with us a yeah. bit longer. So apart from the technical, I guess, you know, and all those good grades and all that technical knowledge, we're looking at people who, who can really work well with others. So teamwork is, is a huge um it's hugely important to us and, and communication skills and really many competencies. They're based um, around how you um, self-manage yourself, how you manage your work, how you work with others, can you deliver? 
Um, so we're quite clear what we're looking for in, in our candidates. Yeah, brilliant. And I think you've mentioned, you know, a lot of the, the key competencies that, you know, a lot of other employers look for. So, you know, again, and if anyone that's listening, you know, remember to kind of make notes of that, you know, Anna's just given you an example of some that she likes to see in an application. So get them jotted down and make sure you mention them when you come to applying. Cool. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Jess. So what we're going to do now is speak to the future leaders um, mm-hmm. that Anna just mentioned. And I'm going to start with you, Ben. Um, so as part of the training and development that you've received so far as a placement student, what part of the training has really stood out for you? And why have, do you feel like you've benefited, it, benefited from it personally? well when you start you get your induction training of like meeting everyone and you get your like health and safety inductions that's quite a big aspect of it because safety is the primary concern but in a in a sense of like training that word it's more like you do it as you go along with the job you learn the things that you'd like you didn't know previously but um you do we do have like a, a learning system on site where like you can sign up to classes and you can like you can join in certain things and like you get hands-on with some things like it varies from like health and safety induction like I say to like learning how to like extinguish a fire and stuff like that it's really very like um but yeah I think the development side you get like your monthly reviews and things like that um so you can see your own progress throughout the year and then like by the end of it obviously you can see because alongside this I have to do a placement report for uni and that really like helps like um, couple with that so I can see my own progress at the year so I can say at different stages how competent I feel in loads of different key skills so yeah it's more of a it, it, in training it's more just of a general you pick it up as you go along with the job in my role yeah and you mentioned um so you are you as, as Ben just getting involved in every single bit of training that you can do so you mentioned like the the training aside from your role you're just going to get get on and just do everything yeah exactly that's the way to go it's just get yeah. get get stuck head first into everything and like just get exposed to as much as possible um yeah and just like get even like if it's not my discipline like a mechanical role like Tom I'd, I'd always like be interested in like their systems their their way of thinking their processes so I definitely yeah I'd, I'd just say if anyone when if you go on placement you just have to you have to do that like it is a cliche but it's just get stuck yeah. head first into everything just because you'll, you'll you'll reap the rewards at the end of it and yeah yeah. And I think it gives you so much experience as well, Ben. I mean, you mentioned at the start of the webinar why somebody should um, consider doing a placement. And it's all of these skills that you're learning during this year as well, isn't it? That you can put on your CV and then hopefully you can go back to Mitsubishi. But if you decide not to, then, you, you know, you've got that, that wealth of knowledge, I suppose, haven't you, when you go into a graduate yeah. position? Yeah, definitely. It's stuff that you don't learn in the lecture halls that like, this is what I mean, like you learn so much quicker out when you get into the industry and like you you're seeing things in person and meeting people who are in the industry and yeah it, it just accelerates your learning so much quicker I suppose it makes things click though doesn't it as well the things that you've been studying you think oh right okay so mm. I did learn that and now I'm actually yeah well, so I bet there's, there's both sides to it yeah that's how my work my, my way of working has gone throughout the year I've got given piece of work like you can transfer your technical skills to that piece of work mm. from what you've learned at uni and then they'll say right I'm going to take you to your next level do a bit more in-depth thinking you might have to like research some stuff and it's just all like building building up to then hopefully at the end of it you're the you're like the prime candidate for your your future leaders program and yeah. take that next step to the grad role which is hopefully the end so yeah do you know a lot of people will perform a lot better when they go back 
in the final year after doing a year in industry and I've yeah. spoken so many tutors so many lecturers that have gone to say you know you can tell the student yeah. that's been out in industry because they're just completely different when they come back exactly and no it, yeah, just it goes it goes beyond the like technical learning and stuff and it's like setting your routines your time management your like yeah. your teamwork and you can like I could see it in people when I was doing my design project last year at uni would come back from industry like you like you say it's so much different like their way of thinking the like the work ethic it's just so much better and like so much more developed and that's why it's just the best thing to do really get that year personally in. for you Ben you might end up with a better I mean I don't know what you predicted or what you're on track to get but you could see that you know your grades even going up because yeah. of that and everything else so it's a massive yeah. benefit for you as an individual definitely yeah I suppose it'll give you that thirst as well, won't it? So you've, you've experienced, you know, a, a day job and everything else. And I bet you now you want to, you know, crack on and do it rather than going back to university. But <laughs> I suppose, no offence to going back to university, but I suppose, you know, to, to get your final year done and then you can and you can come back and hit the ground running. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You've got that year under your belt. So it's yeah. not like you're thrown at the deep end again. It's just, you can like, you've got, you've got to that level of right I'm the prime placement student then you take that step over to starting out as a grad and take yeah. on way more responsibility like that's just what I'm that's what I'm eager to do now it's like obviously in my role I'm like bottom of the pile basically but you want to you get that hunger to like work your way up and get involved in way more stuff so yeah. one day one day you will be the CEO though and you'll be managing <laughs> Kyle and everything yeah Kyle be yeah. you if I overtake I Kyle know. then that's like <laughs> that's my life complete <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to ask the same question to Grace now. Um, so training and development, what have you enjoyed the most? What have you taken away from it? So uh, being more office-based, I don't really get the sort of more hands-on opportunities that they get at the castle site. So the plan was that I would go on external courses, but yeah. uh, obviously lockdown put a stop to that. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to take more um, use of the, the internal opportunities we have. So we have a, a graduate development program, uh, which essentially details all the skills they would expect uh, a chemical engineer to have. Yeah. Um, so it's all the sort of typical things you'd expect, like the things that you did at uni. So designing you know, pieces of equipment, et cetera. But it also has sort of the soft skills of so presentations and leadership, that sort of stuff. And then sort of... I don't know, like safety legislation or you know, things more businessy that you yeah. have to be able to understand um, so for each of the things in that uh, that program we have um, training material sometimes it's a presentation sometimes it's more of a uh, like a named member of the the company who's sort of an expert in that that uh, that subject who you can go and talk to and learn about it from um so I've been uh, going through that um another thing that we have at Wilton specifically, so the graduate programs for everyone, but at Wilton, as I said, we lack those technical opportunities. So we have um, a monthly technical exchange, okay. which is really a chance for all the, the Wilton graduates to come together and learn about the sort of more practical hands-on subjects that we wouldn't learn about in our project. So things about, uh, so we've had uh, the mechanical design of pumps. We had a, a talk about that, steam systems, uh, sort of the more practical elements of a heat exchanger, so that sort of stuff. Um, so it's really, it's just really an opportunity to talk to the, the more senior members of the company who have that experience, mm -hmm. um, and also just a chance for a chat as well. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it's nice to share knowledge as well. Yeah. Um, and from your point of view, Grace, if there was a bit of training that you think, oh, do you know, I need some additional help with that, can you go and speak to your line manager and say, look, yeah. I'm struggling in this area, can, can I have some extra time to, to learn or develop yourself in that area? 
yeah, so they, they are really eager for everyone to develop to their full potential. As I said, if it weren't for COVID, I would have been able to go on all of these various courses, etc. And I would have been able to go over to Castle a bit more as well. So sort of visit and have a little bit of that, that practical experience. But as I said, uh, COVID put a, a stop to that. But they are 100% support. If there's something that you want to do and you want to learn about, you know, unless there's something to stop you, for yeah. example, if it required you to travel halfway around the world, uh, mm -hmm. something like that. So unless there's something ridiculous stopping you, then they're 100% behind you, yeah. And just, I'm just trying to visualise the geography of where you are. So Wilton <laughs> and Castle, how, how far are those sites apart then? A 20-minute drive. They're, oh, they're very okay. close, yeah. Yeah, so quite close. Um, fantastic. I think now we're going to go on, Jess, to the projects. Yeah. Do we haven't asked Tom, though, about learning and development? Well, I'm just a bit conscious about time. And we haven't asked Tom and we haven't asked Kyle either. Um, would about, should we go? We'll go with who's going to Tom. Tell us about your training development. I won't, I won't take off too much time. To be, to be honest, mine's probably quite similar to Grace, uh, where a lot of it's been sort of impacted by COVID. Um, yeah. So we had a great deal of plans. I've been quite fortunate because we've got a good site team. So I've been able to go out and things that I might have learned at uni or since starting the job i've done reading on like pumps and seals i've been able to go out with the site team and sort of take them apart and see how they actually work rather than just learning through a book yeah um, so i think the yeah. on the job hands-on training has probably been my favorite part yeah i agree i love hands-on training i think it's much better than textbook and blackboard and everything else or whiteboard or whatever you call them these days um kyle i can't leave you out come on training and development okay last but not least though um <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mitsubishi is quite good for formalized training. Um, obviously, we've talked about the COVID impact um, and the graduate development matrix uh, that Grace talked about and things like that. Um, but I suppose just sort of hitting on some of the other soft skill training that we do have. Um, uh, for example, last week, I believe we had some stress management training and things like that. So we sort of do get at it from all different angles. We have the informal training, so on the day job, as Ben and Tom were talking about, we have the more formalized stuff like the graduate development matrix and then more soft skills things for everybody. Um, so yeah, very happy with the training anyway. Give me one example of how you can manage stress. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Like, uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know if I'm the one to come to. Um, get enough Deep sleep. Breath. There we go. That's, yeah. that's enough one. Deep breaths. I count to five. All that malarkey. <laughs> count to five. <laughs> Good. Jess, projects of. I thought you were going to say about stress. <laughs> we don't <laughs> get stressed. <laughs> um, yeah, projects. Um, Tom, let's come to you. Tell me about your favourite or current project that you're working on. Um, my current one that I'm working on is the replacement of a vessel. Uh, so it's inside one of our cyanide cubicles, which adds a bit of a complication to it because you can't actually go in and measure it very easily. So I'm basically relying on the lads of a cubicle train to go in. And then it sort of brings me back to uni, really, where a lot of this job is just sort of practical experience. And this is letting me have a go at it from a design point of view, looking okay. at the stresses on the vessel, uh, the contents, sort of the effects of that and where it will be. So it's bringing together a great deal of what I've learned over the past four years and what I've learned over the past sort of nine months since being here. So, so it's so, currently sat in our stores. Mm -hmm. Go on, sorry, Jess. 
Sorry, Tom. So would the so the vessel literally will hold all the cyanide in there, will it? It will, yeah. So um, does it, does it's, it move all the time, or does it just sit in that vessel for a period of time? It's it's a constantly moving sort of system, so it will accumulate in there, and then it will drop down into the rest of the system. Um, right, but it's, okay. the one that's been in place has sort of been in place for thirty years now. Right. So we've okay. got a nice shiny new one waiting to go in at the end of the year. And you helped Which design nice that as well, did you? I did, yeah. So it's nice to see it from that sort yeah. of concept to the final installation stage. That must be you must be proud of yourself. I think I did that. I was involved in that. And I will be when it goes in, and if it fits. <laughs> when is it due to go in? Uh, November, December this year, I think. Cool. Not long then. Not long, Brilliant. So. Um, ben, coming to you. Um, what's your favorite project so far? Uh, well I get involved in like lots of little projects I don't really get like big projects like the grads would get I just get handed like little things to, like work on myself so at the start of the year I was looking at um, redesigning so we have sample points on our plant so like you can take it out and then it gets into like we have a big lab downstairs where you can just like analyze it say how much of monomer is in it how much of like the nasty like byproducts you don't want are in it um, so you have sample points they take them every day so it's like a daily process they take them and at the minute they're not too safe the way they do it like the, with the exposure the operator and things like that so um at the minute it's kind of just like a tap off the side of the pipe and then they just come up with a little bottle open it up and um there you got your sample so what i'm trying to do is um redesign that make it a more safe system so like the operator's exposure is limited mm -hmm. so kind of keep it as like a closed system so it's kind of like around a pump and then you're like you do like a it's got like a kickback loop and then it's all like contained within the pipes and then there'll be like a a three-way valve which, and it's got like a little cabinet as well so you can contain all like your nasty vapors and stuff and you can just put your bottle in close it up and um, turn the handle and you get your sample so i'm like looking at redesigning the sample points to do that but i need to prioritize which ones are going to be um changed first based mm -hmm. on like how frequently they're used how how um hazardous the chemical is um how important it is to like the running of the plant that we need those samples um and things like that so that, that was kind of a good good starting little project that I had to like prioritize how, how we pull samples quite a lot of responsibility yeah it is definitely I mean I had a lot because it was near the start I had a lot of support from my manager like kind of guiding me a little bit but then like as I got my own found my own feet I could kind of take it and run with it mm -hmm. um towards the end we've now got a concept paper to get two of them installed in I think in November the outage that Tom's on about the November outage we're gonna have two of them installed then so I'll be asking managers to like send me photos and I'm at uni, like show me what I've done. Oh, <laughs> see if it was if it's actually worked. But yeah. That's great though. But it's another myth buster there though, isn't it? Because I think sometimes I think there's that that thought of, you know, if I go and do a placement, am I just gonna be making tea and coffee? Am I just gonna be running around doing uh, errands for other people? But it just shows you that you're really not and you're actually yeah. I mean, at the start it is like kind of a bit like errand boy, like you do you do the bits to get you like give you a bit of context of how the plant runs and things like that and then you get a lot of support with that but then like I say from probably about December January onwards I've been I felt much more independent than I did in the first few months where like, I can be given a piece of work I can work it on my own and yeah. give it back in the like like give it back to the right standard like the site standard of the kind of work they want yeah when it comes to like the end of going on to the end of a placement now I'm now looking at a different plant on site I'm looking at actually redesigning the entire way that like this like the cooling water for a heat exchanger how that system operates so that's like another concept people need to do but like i've not been given the the initial support that i got from doing the sample point one it's more just 
here's the problem okay. figure it figure it out yourself and that's what I like like that's what I wanted yeah. it's just like getting that responsibility so that gives you more of like your development manager role or your graduate role where you can take something from an initial concept and hopefully get it in the field and hopefully it works but Brilliant. yeah I can definitely see the Anna, not to put any pressure on you here, <laughs> but when would Ben find out if he if he could secure a graduate program with you after? I, I couldn't tell that really yet at this moment, but I'm sure if, if he's doing well and we have a space, we'll, we'll find him something. I mean, that's that's the point. We're really looking for um, student placement and, and want to progress on them later on for the graduate. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I don't know at the moment what are the needs of the mm -hmm. uh, of the company, but uh, you know, the chances are all. All the good ones are going to stay with us. Sounds like you've got a job, Ben. I won't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Grace, quickly come to you. Then Kyle, you know, you kind of touch upon Grace your um, kind of projects that you've been working on. But is there anything else that you want to add to that? Um, I think I've covered pretty much everything on the the bio projects. As I said, I do a lot of sort of odd jobs um, for the chemists down in the labs, which are generally, as I said, they are generally very odd. Um, so at the moment, I'm designing a, a rig to produce um, uh, essentially catalyst beads. But I don't know if you watch any like baking or cooking programs. If they want to make like beads of jelly or oh, something, yeah. then they'll drop it into like cold water. Mm -hmm. It's the same sort of principle as that. So we're dropping the, the, the beads of this mixture into into a tower. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, we've we've never built anything like this before, so it's a lot of a uh, lot of troubleshooting. You know, how do you get the beads out being the main one? Um, it's, a, it's a batch process. And we, we've tried all sorts of, of strange designs. We've had uh, we've had a well, essentially sort of the, the, uh, the bucket you might have in a well. So you, you have a little bucket at the bottom and you crank it back up at the end. So we've got all sorts of odd designs. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, it shows, it's not all straight, the sort of stuff that you do at uni. Mm. Um, you know, sort of those very straightforward sort of continuous type processes there there are odd things out there uh, but yeah, it's, it's still all the same sort of principles it? behind it <laughs> you like you have so much fun every day <laughs> <laughs> it is it's it's it sounds when you it is fun it is also annoying <laughs> you know when you, as I say it's a lot of guessing and going back to the drawing board and going mm. round and round in circles trying to trying to figure things out but yeah it, it is fun yeah <laughs> I can imagine it's quite consuming in your mind all the time. Do you ever have like those three o'clock in the morning light bulb moments? <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. Yeah, it's. I also have a way you sort you you start working on it, and then you look up and it's like, oh, it's five o'clock. I should probably go home now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fun though. Every day is obviously different. Yeah. I like it. And Kyle, coming to you. Hello, what is tough going after Grace? It's <laughs> very mundane after that. Um, yeah, so we, we kind of touch on outages, um, and I suppose we we're talking about the November outage. And one of the big things for process engineers um, is these outages where basically we take some of the plants offline, um, usually for things like maintenance or on some of the monomer plants. Um, because of what we produce, we actually produce quite a lot of plastic inside the pipes accidentally. So sometimes we have to shut down to basically jet wash everything out. Um, so basically just use a, a power hose and jet jet wash out the pipes, the vessels and things like that. So I suppose yeah, you're every right, couple Cal, of Yeah. So basically Sorry. that that that's my job for a couple of weeks every year is just looking inside <laughs> pipes and saying there's no there's 
there's no plastic in there. We can we can start up online again. But you do you do find some interesting stuff like um you basically it's your one chance to have a look inside of everything. So yeah. this yeah. thing that you've been looking at every morning and doing projects on, you get to actually see inside of it and you can sort of build a bit of a story. So for example, if you've had the temperature on too high at one point and then you find too much plastic in there, then it sort of reiterates how you should be operating the plant and validates everything that you've already thought, which is pretty interesting. Kyle, can I ask a question about outages? Sorry, Jess. I'm, I'm guessing that these are quite um, expensive for the for the company as well, aren't they? Because obviously you can't be producing anything when 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 it's outing, having yeah. an outage, um, yeah. whatever the correct term is. So I'm guessing you have to do it quite quickly, but safely as well. As there must must be a lot of responsibility there. Um, there is, uh, we are, we are quite good with overhauls because we've got so many plants. We have a designated overhaul team. We take in a lot of contractors. So we contract a lot of the workouts because, um, like scaffolding and mechanical mm -hmm. fitters and things like that. Um, they know how to do it a lot more safely than we do probably, um, yeah. because it's more specialized. Um, and some of the more specialized things like chemical cleans, uh, we contract all of that out. Um, number one to save money and number two because they do it safer and better um, so that's how we kind of navigate around that is by outsourcing yeah sorry Jess did you, were we asking the same question I was going to well I was going to ask a question but um, how many times a year do you do that it depends at, at the minute we're doing quite a few so we had one in last November uh, and then each plant has sort of a different schedule. So my plant comes offline in two weeks. Um, so that'll just be me doing that really, um, or looking after the process side of things. And then we've got another one after that, then more in November, I believe. So quite a few. Quite a few, yeah. Interesting. Are we doing benefits? I, can I do, can we do top facts? Because I reckon these guys are going to have some right cool ones. So, <laughs> who am I going to start with? I'm going to make it hard for Kyle. So, Grace. Oh, I don't know. I think you best the last. Oh, well, I was just thinking that everybody else can say a good one and then Kyle can finish and then start mumbling around. Grace, I'm going to start with the ladies first. Ladies first. Okay. So, Grace, I'm going to come to you first and then Anna. So, key fact about Mitsubishi Chemical. Um, so, I think... Something that's really interesting for me working at the Wilton site is we developed an entirely new way to make methyl methacrylate. So it's an entirely new process route. And the entirety of the development of that process, all the way from sort of initial experiments in sort of the 90s to the design through to the commissioning, it was commissioned in 2008, was done entirely at the Wilton site. Oh. Um, so we did the experiment, we built a pilot plant as well to produce about half a kilogram an hour of MMA. So that's to test, you know, whether it works. And typically you would go from that pilot plant to a middle size plant, then to the full size plant. But we decided to skip the middle bit entirely and go straight from half a kilogram an hour to hundred kilotons per year. So it's a scale up factor of 25,000, um, wow. which is not normal. Um, <laughs> we took uh, quite a lot of work, um, but yeah, so we still use that pilot plant now to test. So we test a new catalyst for that process on it and any process changes that they may want to make as well. Fantastic. Good fact. Thank you, Grace. Anna, have you got a, a top fact? Sure. Um, I know we only have one minute <laughs> remaining. Oh, don't worry. Right. Um, so kaiteki, that's a part of our culture. It's something very important to us. It's um, about well-being of, of the planet and society and people. And we really live uh, through that principle. So, for example, 
Um, last month, we sent um, a liquid oxygen um, tract in India to areas that really are um, affected and there's a shortage of, of oxygen in hospitals. So Nippon, one of our group companies, for example, sent, sent that kind of track. Oh, wow. Thanks, Anna. Really good fact. Um, Tom? Thank you, Carla. I'm glad I'm not lost. Um, <laughs> so I think mine is that uh, it's more about the castle site rather than Mitsubishi as a whole. Yeah, that's We are one of the top three coma sites in the UK. So that's your control of major accidents and hazards. And it's basically saying the stuff we've got on sites in the top three most dangerous things in the UK, just behind a couple of nuclear sites. If we were to have an accident, the sort of consequences of it are huge. Wow. <laughs> Grace oh, is laughing. Nice. I, don't, I'm not, I don't really know what to come back with these facts. I'm just like, wow, cool, amazing. Ben, who did you back, love? Um, mine's a little bit more low-key than that. It's, um, <laughs> we are the only producer of <laughs> something called N-butyl methacrylate, so it's quite like a quite commonly used um, uh, monomer, but we're the only producer in Europe of that particular monomer. So just, I thought that might be interesting because there's quite a fair few chemical plants in Europe. <laughs> we're the only one that makes it, so... It will definitely be interesting to our audience. So yeah. Thank yeah. You <laughs> Your audience, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle, last but by no means least. Thank you for you the validation. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually learned this one in university and then I came here uh, and realised that it took place here. So in World War II, the canopies of the Spitfires used to be glass, um, but they discovered glass is non-biocompatible. So you get it in your eye basically you have Chris is laughing <laughs> uh, you have an allergic reaction so they replaced it with PMMA which is derived from what we produce um, and I believe the canopies for the Spitfires were produced on this site that's the local legend anyway oh well we like a bit of local legend yeah that's a good one thank you Kyle and thank you everybody for joining us today it's been really good fun and I've had a right laugh, so that's, that's, that's me done for the day. Um, and don't forget, everybody, you can watch the webinar as a full um, on the Mitsubishi Chemical Hub tomorrow, and then we'll break it up into bite-sized chunks, which will be live on the Career Centre and on the Hub next week. So thanks, guys, for joining us. Um, it's been real good fun. And um, just a note for everybody else who is watching. So unfortunately, Holly, who are due to be um, holding a webinar with us next week, have had to cancel due to unforeseen circumstances. Um, so this is actually the last webinar in the 2021 series. Oh, it's a sad one. Um, we have thoroughly um, enjoyed hosting these webinars over the last 10 months. And we've heard some of the most fascinating employers um, around the world. So me and Jess and everyone at Gradcracker would personally like to thank the tens of thousands of students who have joined us over the season. As you all, all know, but all of the webinars will be in the Gradcracker Career Centre, so take time over the summer to watch the webinars at your leisure. Some amazing employers have already signed up for the next, next season, which is the 2021-22 season, um, which starts on Thursday, the 2nd of September at 2pm. And me and Jess will be back again to join you then. Big names who'll be joining us include um, people like Mercedes Formula One, GSK, the RAF, Atkins, and many sure to name a few. And please don't forget there's thousands of opportunities still on Gradcracker that you as STEM students can apply to. So make sure you get your, your applications in. 
We can't wait to see you all in September. So have a lovely summer. Take care and we'll see you then. But for now, thanks for everybody for joining us today. See you soon. See you later. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.